BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast with me, Kenzie Elizabeth, and my producer, Taylor. Who's actually sitting in the chair this time instead of behind the producer's desk because someone stole the microphone. Normally, when Taylor and I are doing these intros, you can't, I can't see Taylor. Like, we're basically just, like, looking into, like, a wall. I'm like the guy from The Wizard of Oz. Or technically, he is the wizard, I believe. Yeah, I think he's the wizard, the guy behind the the, the curtain. You can't see him, and he's pulling all the strings. That's me. Actually, (laughs) that is really you. Um, Okay, so today's very exciting. It was my last day of class. Was it really? I'm done. Yes. So it's not, it's spring, or no, it's not spring break. Summer. Summer break. Then what but, happened to spring break? Did we miss it? Did I miss it? Yeah, so I don't really have spring break. Okay, that okay, makes sense. Okay, so that's why there was no spring break. I have summer break, but I'm taking summer classes, but they're online. So I have like a week off. Do you like summer school? No, I don't like, Well, no. okay, so the, there's two <laughs> types of people, and you never you never want to make an assumption. Some people love summer school, and they, they're very studious, and they look forward to classes, which is good. That's great, but not everyone other than there's those people that really like summer school themselves i had to do summer school once and i absolutely hated it because i i failed i think it was geometry but on the other hand it was a terrible teacher so it wasn't my fault yeah of course and i did it horrible yep and that was the only time i ever had to do summer school but it's it's haunted me yeah since then well it's more so because i need to graduate on time so i spread out my classes earlier on and i wish i just basically am like a little bit behind to graduate on time in like a okay. year that makes sense that's why yeah i feel like i'm a happy medium like i don't hate hate school but i've hated this semester i spent 10 hours i'm not exaggerating i promise you i added it up trying to just be able to take a final yesterday and the day before because i couldn't i had to take this excel final also, Excel, it was the worst class I've ever taken. It was so hard, but I actually did learn a lot. Whatever. I've taken an Excel, I think it was an information systems class is what it was called for me, and it was impossible. It, it is, was online, and oh it was so difficult. It was. This is the most difficult. I thought my stats class was hard. This was the hardest class ever. And then all of a sudden, she like made us take this test on this weird program, and then I had to take it on a PC. I haven't seen a PC since 2007. Like, literally, I haven't seen a PC in forever. And then if people have a PC, it's for work, which means you couldn't download the program because the work computers don't let you. So anyways, it literally took me 10 hours, and then I finally was able to take it last night. And I literally, I, I almost cried four times. I hope the Excel teacher is not listening to the podcast. Oh, I hope she is. But what I was going to say is, you know how much I've learned or technically how much I retained as far as Excel usage? None. Nothing. I know that the program does things that I don't know, and that's about it. So technically, it's all lost. I could insert a chart, and I feel like that's pretty much it. And like, I just don't, I'm not an admin person. Like, I don't like that. I was so miserable. But when I finished it, I was very happy. And now I have a few days off. I'm not even enrolled in my summer classes yet. I need to get that. But, oh my gosh, also, okay, you're going to, well, two things. I started watching This Is Us. Have you seen This Is Us? 
This is us. What is it? Why does it sound familiar? Because Quinta mentioned it last week on the podcast. What is it? It's really popular. It's a yeah. It sounds so familiar. My mom has been telling me to watch the show for like four years, and pretty much every other person in my life has been telling me to watch the show. And then finally, I'm like, it's almost summer. I'm gonna start watching something. I was procrastinating finals, so I started watching it. It is so good. It is like my all time favorite show now. I'm like 10 episodes in and I don't watch series ever. Is it a feel good show or is it a drama? It looks like it's some sort of family comedy. It, it's not a comedy. It's like it, you kind of like want to cry in every episode, but it's I would say it's like a feel good show, but it's really show. emotional. It basically follows three siblings and it, it's like flashbacks. So it's like their childhood and then it's what they're doing now. And one of them's adopted. They're, they were triplets. One of them passed. There was another one at the hospital. They took the other one, and it's this whole thing. But it's really good. There's a TV show that I recently watched that I, th- I believe it's up for an award, and it's out of the blue. I've never heard of it prior. I saw one advertisement for it. It's a Showtime show, and it has Jim Carrey in it, and it's called Kidding, and it looks like it's supposed to be a comedy. He's a He's kind of like the what is it uh, i can't even now the name escapes me but the uh, mr rogers okay yeah he, he is a it's i think he's a, a host for a very popular pbs kids learning channel and oh. he but it's very dark it's like a, more like a, a a dark comedy than it is anything else but in when it opens his son has already passed pre- previous and he never got to mourn for after when his son passed away because he's this person that has to put on this happy yeah. persona so he always has to go on show and be happy so he was never able to actually mourn for the kid's life and technically as the show goes on you can tell that he's really suffering as like a person mm-hmm. from not being able to openly express his sadness for it and it's it's such a strange show i recommend I like just that. checking it out because it's very weird it's very artistic because as he's like a puppeteer and it's really interesting it like the cinematography is great it's really it's got some absolutely like mo- moments of where you legitimately want to cry because it's of like it's so great yeah. and it makes you feel really happy. But then there's some there's some funny parts and then it's also really sad at times too. Happy ha- crying from happiness because of like how emotionally like positive it is yeah. at times. So it's a little bit of everything. I love Mr. Rogers too. Have you did you see the Mr. Rogers documentary? No, I actually didn't. And I know it has almost ninety nine percent reviews it, on Rotten Tomatoes. It is literally my favorite thing I've ever seen. My mom like loved Mr. Rogers. She has this. Someone from her work gave her this mug and like when it gets hot it. You know how he would, like, take off his sweater every time he got home and, like, change or whatever? Yeah. Every time it gets hot, he, like, changes clothes on the mug. So it's pretty cool. But, no, that documentary was so good. I grew up with when Mr. Rogers was, I believe, still alive or mistaken and he was dead and they were reruns. I don't know because it was something that I know that as of right now, people are going, oh, he was such a great person. I know that what he stood for was great. But as a kid, I would never watch that show yeah. at all. Every time it came on, I would immediately change it because it was boring. Mm-hmm. And I, the only thing I know about him is he would wear the sweater that you were just yep. mentioning. And he comes in and he goes, oh, hi there. Won't you be my neighbor? And I think he sings that song. And that's about it. Other than that, I don't know anything about the show. No, he's great. I, I saw it last summer. It's so good. Also, really excited. I started Pilates, right? I've only gone to one class. So I don't know if I've started it or what, but I went to Carrie's Pilates in Los Angeles. If any of you guys are in LA, check it out. It was really fun. I do Orange Theory all the time and I was like, I need to do something toning. So now I'm doing Pilates, which is a very exciting switch. Also, something new that we started doing. You you would love this. So Taylor, Ryan, and Quentin were over this weekend Mm -hmm. and Taylor brought over this game. Different Taylor guys, for those of you listening. 
Taylor brought over this voting game, right? And you can probably get it at Urban or whatever. I'll find it online and link it. But you, it's like the most fun game. I'm someone, I hate board games. Like I don't, I'm like, oh, I'm at a game night for like the social aspect of it. Like I don't actually want to play the game. I'm like really not into any of that. No, this voting game is so fun. You get one card and then you all have a number and then you all like anonymously vote. So, like, obviously, like, I've literally, I've never seen Ryan laugh harder in my life. It was just really good. It was very, very fun. I feel like whenever there's voting involved, someone's ego is going to get hurt no matter what. Oh, absolutely. Even secretly, and a lot of people are probably going, ha, like, sure. But in, deep down, they're probably thinking, I should have won that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Like Quentin and Ryan and Big Brother? Yeah, exactly. That's where <laughs> I was going with that. It's, 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 it's all fun and games on the outside, but on the inside, someone's hurting. There was literally a card, guys. If you did not listen to the episode with them, you need to. It's so funny. But there was literally a card. I forgot I tagged you in this now. Yeah. There was a card, and it was, like, most likely to win X reality show. Like, you had to fill in the blank and vote between them. Like, after all of this. Like, the drama finally died down, and then it just sparked right back up. It was really a lot. What is it? Opening or adding... What is it? Adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, fuel to the fire. Yeah. Or is it say it's like oh, insult to injury type thing where they're yeah. like, okay, it's like we've moved on. Beating. I guess you could use beating a dead horse, but yeah. it's not dead yet. It's still going. I don't let us talk about it anymore. The second anyone brings it up, I'm like, nope, we've moved on. We're yeah. done. We are done. It'll come back up later on in life, like ten years from now. Yeah, it's and gonna like be completely, speeches. yeah, completely irrelevant. And he's gonna go and by the way, I would have won at Big Brother. That's what that's what Ryan said the first night. He's like, I'm gonna come and like I'll like preach at your church or something, and this is what I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> it's gonna be like 20 years from now. Okay, also, last thought of this intro. When I was watching slash listening, TD Jakes and Stephen Furtick had this QA. There's two, I think it was like a the soar, I know they're soaring and crushing and crushed, whatever. I don't know. It was the one from last year, and TD Jakes was talking about like not letting your title become a prison. And it really changed my perspective on things because I feel like so often I don't want to only be one thing. I want to do a lot of different things and I don't want to feel held back just because I have like one title. Like for instance, if you are a student, you don't just have to be a student. Or if you are like a producer, you don't have to just be a producer. Like don't let what your title is become a prison. And I just wanted to share that today because I feel like that is a very good piece of advice. So for this week's episode, I'm really excited. We have my good friend Deanna on. She is so funny. She's the host of the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. She's also just a host. We just had so much fun together. Like we met literally two seconds before we recorded her podcast and then she came and recorded for this one that you guys will hear. And we just had a lot to say. It was very fun. Um, We talk a lot about hosting, how she got into hosting, um, just kind of a lot of career stuff. She's lived all over the place and then we also talk about like she's 30 i'm 21 not wait yeah oh my gosh i'm gonna be 22 in a few months that's crazy but we just talk about a bunch of stuff she's really really awesome and we also recorded an episode for her podcast you can't sit with me so you guys should go check that out we did an episode that was like 20s versus 30s and we go through all these articles and it was really fun so hope you guys enjoy if you guys have not already be sure to join the secret facebook page it's been very fun lately um hope you guys enjoy and let's get started i put mine a lot closer because my voice is like so not loud i i would feel like you would be very loud no like my scream is loud yeah that makes sense like when i'm annoyed (laughs) <laughs> don't I, get on my I, bad side when i want to punch someone okay, yeah do you want to intro yourself oh my gosh i hate this one we Hi. hate intros we recorded a podcast yesterday as well and literally, literally talked for five minutes about how intros and bios are the worst things ever but like it needs to be done so go for it and isn't it so weird how like you're a youtuber and i'm a host and we still hate intros yeah, i feel like it's just all across think about any like local 
person like from your hometown or whatever and like their instagram bio is like i hate bios you know what i'm saying yeah that's kind of us right now even though it's annoying 100 percent, was so annoying yeah it is we fun. were just talking about how we think we're so annoying yeah. <laughs> anyways we're on the same page we're on the same page okay so my name is diana spear i'm an entertainment reporter writer news producer and podcaster i host the you can't sit with me podcast i interview reality tv personalities and i'm english and swiss and now I'm here in LA with Kenzie recording a great podcast. That was a really good bio. You like really, you acted like you're bad at these or like you don't want to do I them mean, and then you pulled it out so quickly. I felt like it was the most annoying thing. It's so no, basic. I, like it I wish I had made it more sassy. No, I feel like it was really good. Thank I you. I really liked it. You know so much reality TV and I actually really want to get into the reality TV scene. So I'll we're going to be talking about that soon. Yeah. I'm really excited. Like I need to know backstories. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Before we do that though, we're going to do as tradition, hot seat. So on this podcast, we do hot seat three questions in the beginning it's literally just three questions and i hot seat it like makes icebreaker yeah it like makes it sound like it's something big it's literally three questions it's big it's a thing it's a thing number one what is your favorite reality tv show i okay so for the last couple of years it's been vanderpump rules but as of recently i've been obsessed with summer house which is also on bravo it's a newer show it's about all these um basically young adults that work in New York and then they go to the Hamptons in the summer and they have a house and they're filmed in this house and they fuck shit up wow. basically yeah it's really funny I feel like I would like that you would like it because you know you're also a working I mean you're a student but you're working professor professional so you can relate to them because literally in the city they're these serious people hustling working and then they go to this house and they are children all over again it's hilarious wow okay i'm gonna i need to watch that yeah i'm number two okay what are three things that you do before a carpet oh my gosh okay (laughs) i love that question thank you (laughs) um so what i do is i research on my phone and i make little notes on my phone because i really don't like hosts that have cards on the red carpet i think that it's very impersonal and it makes you a bit too official and i think the whole point when you do a red carpet is you want to really be approachable and you want to really have a friendly conversation with the person you're talking to so i do that um i always have chewing gum and a bottle of water because you don't want bad breath on red carpet it's a really really bad look and another thing i do it's a bad look it's it's a bad look and a bad smell i don't I, i've just made myself sound like i had a bad breath and i don't no it's a bad i agree you should all, i feel like as a whole you should always have gum or something i mean like if you're that. interviewing people yeah, for, for a sure. living you should not have bad breath it's so true another thing i do oh i need to think this these two things Um, I always, oh, this is one thing I always, always do. I always try to make friends with my camera guy and with the other hosts around me. But at the same time, I stay focused. I'm not like, hey, oh my gosh, what's your name? I really don't like that. But I do make a point to acknowledge their presence and make sure it's like a comfortable environment to work in. Because when you're doing an interview and you have someone like stuck next to you and they're staring at you, it can get very awkward. And then you can get very shaky and nervous. So I try to make it like a more friendlier environment. I love that. That's really good. I think of anyone you're working with, like if you're, especially if you're like just talking in general, if you're uncomfortable, it's just like really awkward. It's so awkward because most of the times when you have talent come on the red carpet before it becomes super hectic, you get one talent at a time. So while you're doing your interview, the host next to you is just waiting to interview this person. Mm -hmm. So they're just staring at you and you're like sardines, like stuck to each other. So it's so awkward. So it's very important to just, you know, make friends with them, say something funny so that when they're next to you, they don't have that like judgy look. 
mm-hmm. looking at you and you don't feel like you're under so much pressure. It like breaks the ice. A hundred percent. really good. I yeah. love that. Okay. Also, before we get into anything else, I just have to say, so if you guys have watched, I guess if you, wow, are like a YouTube viewer, you would know that I went through a three-year-long phase where I was obsessed with my passion planner, right? And I was stalking Deanna, like, last week, right? And I see, I don't even know what it was, but all of a sudden, you're talking about a passion planner, and I was like, wait, no way. We both we both have transitioned to the digital life. Google Calendar. We have finally, but we are love the passion planner but see I was told that I needed to be on google calendar because I always double booked it was so hard to track me down all the time the people that I work with but I still use the passion planner I just have google as like an added thing that's what I did for a while and now I'm finally fully digital how do you do it like how where'd you write your ideas okay so well I have other notebooks and stuff and I feel like I'm constantly I haven't really gotten the listing part down because passion planner the way it's set up is incredible if you guys are looking for a plan like a planner Mm-hmm. get passion planner like it is 100%. the best thing ever but it was just causing a lot of like same thing with me like I would especially because I feel like I'm booking things on the go a lot because mm-hmm. it has to do with other people I can't just like sit down and be like this is what I want to do you know what I'm saying like, so much yeah. it has to do with other people especially with the podcast so Google Calendar really just was really easy for that but my passion planner was amazing anyways yeah there's... like Google Calendar is good at coordinating with other people yeah if you if you're on your own schedule passion planner is amazing but what I will say about the passion planner even though we both love Google Calendar now it's not just good for like organization it's therapeutic. it's, it's therapy 100 yeah. it's very good for your mental health because it basically encourages you to set your goals but then yes. to allocate the right amount of time for them, which is like, for me, the to-do list don't work because mm-hmm. I'll make a list of 17 things and then I can't get through all those things in one day. So that's my issue that I'm facing right now. I haven't found a good way to do like the way that a passion planner is set up. They have, what is it like three month, one year, three year, five year plan, whatever. And then it, yeah. you, it's basically like, if you guys know anything about smart goals, like very cheesy, I don't even know the acronym, but it's like goals are like, just goals unless they have like deadlines and actions that you take with them so uh-huh. it's like things that you actually so the passion planner is really good for making you actually do things also with time code like time no color coding with my passion do you planner, highlight everything i would highlight everything yeah, and it was so color coded so i could see how much time i was spending on what i do that with my google calendar still did you use the stickers i didn't use the stickers i did because i'm annoying as fuck okay i thought yeah. about it for a very long time but, like, if you would have seen my passion planner alone without the stickers, like, it was already obnoxious enough. <laughs> I literally, I was telling her this yesterday, my program, it's, like, 40, 50 people. I, passion planner sent my entire program planners. Like, that is how great they are. Yeah. And they love me because I love them, like, so much. But yeah. it's literally the best thing ever. Honestly, it's making me want to go back. I would say if you suffer from anxiety. Yes, and for sure. if you find it therapeutic to write things down, the passion planner is really good at helping you get your shit together. It was just so therapeutic and it was so nice. And I love the like monthly reflections. I will admit I'm pretty bad about doing them or I was pretty bad about doing them. You know, I just did, but I just did bullet points because writing sentences really overwhelmed me. Yeah, it was just too much, but it's nice to go back and look at it. And it's so funny. Like I'll like when I'm looking back on it now, if I go to an old one, Mm -hmm. which I have like randomly a few times. Do you see the evolution? Do you see how much you've like improved? I see how much I've like changed and grown or like things that I was like, hoping for like praying for whatever I'm like that came true or like thank god that didn't or you know what I mean it's setting intentions which I hate can I just say talking about therapeutic this is my first podcast where I'm not being an idiot like this is the first time that I'm actually like talking about meaningful shit (laughs) it 
feel it feels quite nice, I have to say. <laughs> like normally I'm just like, you know, ripping reality TV people a new one. Yep. And this is this Here feels nice. Even a passion planner. I know. I feel like such a zen bitch of the world. It's great. It feels awesome. Now <laughs> let's like go to the reality TV though. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're back. Okay, I we're I back. know that The Bachelor exists. I'm see. Okay. I don't watch that. I like joke about all of this because everyone's so obsessed with it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncultured, like being obnoxious and so annoying. That's not what that means. Yeah, but. I I'm aware that The Bachelor exists. Um, I don't. That's. I mean, I like. I've seen Kevin the Kardashians a billion times throughout. I've never watched it like all the way through, kind of thing. Like I've seen it here right. and there. I'm trying to think of any other. Do you want to know why I don't watch The Bachelor? Why? I don't want to overthink the world of dating. That's actually so. Yeah. Like when I watch Vanderpump Rules and Summer House and Housewives, it's just like people having dumb fights. Yeah, and it makes me feel like I have my shit together. It just makes you feel better about yourself, which is so, it's so dumb. It's so horrible to admit. But when I watch The Bachelor, I don't want to observe people's dating patterns and then be like, maybe I should do that because then you become an overthinking bitch and then you become desperate, then you become annoying. And I really, really will not become that person. That's actually a very like good point. I just sound so horrible. No, I get what you're saying. Like overanalyzing everything. The thing with The Bachelor is just like I know that it's so fake that I'm just like I mean, okay, I also don't watch it, but I'm like (laughs) it's so I know that it's fake. Like I've I've literally gone there's been castings and next door it's the Bachelor casting. Like guys, it's it's fake. Like I don't know, but there's like things here and there, whatever. I mean, I guess some emotions are real, you know. Sometimes I think also just in any like working environment or any environment where you're with the same people, like there's gonna there's bound to something's gonna happen. There's a whole aspect to reality TV as well that you you maybe don't realize. I've actually been at some of at some events that were actually taped for reality TV, Mm -hmm. and. You don't realize, but the camera crew, for example, that are behind the scenes, they're actually friends with the cast and they're kind of, they're they're a part of the story. Like they inject themselves into the stories and there's a whole world behind it that you don't actually see. That's cool. So it's very, you know, when you watch it, you think that it's what you're seeing, but sometimes the production team will really inject themselves and be like, oh, do you know what this person said about you? You should go confront her. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, so like, what are your top three favorite reality TV shows? Vanderpump Rules. Okay, yeah. Summer House. And as of recently, I've really enjoyed watching Selling Sunset on Netflix. What is that? So it's a reality show about these um, uh, broker, no, estate... Real estate agent? Yeah, I'm so fucking stupid. Real estate agent, but one of the top, top companies here in LA. They're on um, Sunset Plaza, on the Sunset Strip. And they sell all these million dollar homes. And it's basically an office of like these beautiful, glamorous ladies that make so much money selling all these amazing houses to all these like celebrities and, you know, very successful people. And I just like it because you see them in their professional environment and you see them in their professional lives and you see... I just like it. I think as as well as a woman in the industry, it's really nice to see other women like hustling, but still trying to, you know, have a a private life. And I don't know. I I just think it's a great show. And it's funny, too. Can you see the houses? Huh? Like, do you see the houses that they sell? Yeah, they, they you go into the houses, you see them <gasps> decorating the houses, you know, for them to to show the houses so that they can become, become like a what do you call it when you like furnish a house just so people can see it? I, Staging? Yeah. Staging? Staging. Yeah. I'm so fucking stupid. See, I'm the... Oh, my God. This is like... Okay, yeah. so yesterday, 
we were doing like we'll do an article soon but we were going through this article in our podcast on our episode for her podcast yeah and they said something about hgtv like hgtv that would be kind of something hgtv is like not cool enough for that it's very like it's about home decor yeah it's just like a home this is not that this is like the drama behind their professional life and what their life is about because you know it's these like million dollar deals that they have to make happen and you know most of the time they're dealing with like very powerful men and then they have like the bitchiness within the office and then they have their personal lives outside of the office and it's very interesting to watch because for once it's a reality show that isn't about being famous and being on tv and being an actor it's a whole different lifestyle that you see in la that a lot of people don't really talk about that's actually really cool yeah i really like it oh my gosh no you know what show i actually did love that i watched i went back and i binge watched it with like an old friend of mine the wait one of my rich kids of beverly hills right i used to watch that show i know a guy on that show no i like love that show it was I funny as that shit show. yeah it was so good i all four seasons i think i watched the first season in like a day no i was obsessed I with binge that. Like, watch it we literally okay i went it was this guy we drove all the way to arizona uh-huh. as like a road trip went to like go visit our friend whatever went all the way to arizona we were waiting for him but literally in our car in Arizona like we drove we should have like gone done something we're on a trip we're only there for like 36 hours we sat and we like he had just watched the show yeah we just watched the show in the tv in the car he's like if you ever tell anyone that we're doing this right now but that's the thing about reality tv like it's a real guilty pleasure that's it what is. It, like people love it yeah. I forgot to mention dance moms back in the day I used to be obsessed with I never watched dance moms either it I, was so I'm good so behind on the times but, like, I did, like, Rich Kids of Beverly Hills really had a time for me. Like, that was a really big what, what, thing. What, why did you love it? Um, I love Morgan. I think she's so funny. She's great. I don't really know. I just think, okay, also, a friend of mine, the friend that I went on the trip with, it, our relationship was very much, like, Morgan, Brendan, like, that kind of dynamic, like, how they were. Like, I was very Morgan, he was very Brendan. So it was, like, even funnier because we would like watch banter. it. Like, Yeah, we'd watch it together. And we would, like, like, there's, like, videos. We would, like, go back and pause it. And then we'd record it because I'm, like, that's literally us. Like, that is exactly, like, you know when you just, like, laugh so hard and you, like, can't even look at the other person because you already know? Like, yeah. that's exactly what was happening. So we would just watch it all the time. And it was really funny. I, I don't know. I, I love like that, that show. show. I love any reality. I mean, not every reality show, but. I would rather watch reality TV than like a movie. I think movies, now that we're so used to having like all these Netflix originals and these shows, a movie's just too short for me. It doesn't cut it. Yeah, because I need be... multiple plot twists. I can't just do with one plot twist. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You need to be involved. You want to be emotionally invested for longer than two 100%. hours. A hundred percent. I want to live vicariously through these people, which says a lot about my life, I guess. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like still, I want it, you know? Yeah. Okay, talking about hosting. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of stuff about hosting. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Okay. Okay. So like, how did you get into it? It's really funny, actually. So, you know, I started as like a songwriter. Well, I started working at the age of 12. Okay. Yo, uh, tell me all of this. I need to know Oh everything. my gosh. It's so, I, I'm so boring. Okay. I feel like really boring telling this story, but I was like a stage kid. Cool. So I danced and I sang like I was in musicals. And then I toured with a couple of like corporate events bands from like a very, very young age, which was like very unusual, especially where I'm from. And then I got involved in the song, uh, the world of songwriting here in LA. So I collaborated with really good artists like Nelly. Um, I wrote in the studio with some, with the people who wrote Ariana Grande's latest album. Like mm-hmm. I was in the studio with them. I was like songwriting doing all these things in music and then I just got so fucking tired of the music industry because I loved writing always but I was tired of trying to be cool because let's face it the least cool person in the world hello 
<laughs> my name really is Deanna. I no. actually think you're very cool. No, but like, but no, I'm actually very lame. <laughs> like, I just embrace how lame I am. Okay, so maybe okay. you think I'm cool, but I'm I'm not cool. Okay, okay. Like, I'm not like, yo, like, I just don't care. Yeah. And so I was tired of always writing to be cool and to be perceived as cool. Because when you write music, you want it to be like playing in clubs and in people's cars and you want it to be quotations cool. Got tired of it. And so I started... I uploaded a, I uploaded a couple of uh, YouTube videos and um, an outlet that used to interview me when I was you know working in music. I said to her, "Can you let me write for your website?" And she was like, "Yeah, of course. You can start by doing a couple of articles." So I did that. And one time she was like, "Would you like to do a red carpet?" And I was like, "Yeah," because someone couldn't go. Someone had like cancelled on her. And she, my first red carpet ever was the Teen Choice Awards. Of and course. so she sent me there. And legit, when I started doing this carpet, I knew who nobody was like I didn't know a single person because I wasn't in that world of entertainment in Hollywood I was very much in my own like songwriting world writing world I was in my own own bubble and so I didn't know who anyone was but I just tried my best I asked questions I laughed with them and I think the fact that I didn't know who they were I just didn't care and all the interviews came out great so she was like well you should do more of this so there was a point where I was doing three, four a week. And from this, I worked for a bunch of different outlets. Then I got my job at Hollywire, which, you know, was great exposure because I was like reporting the news and also interviewing people. And then I started doing my own podcast. And then I started freelancing and producing other people's podcasts. But that's how I started with that. That's really cool. Yeah. Wait, so how long ago was that? Like, when did you kind of like transition into hosting? I transitioned into hosting, I think three four years ago like it was a it was a slow transition like I was kind of doing both at one point and I was between LA and London and like there was a whole a whole story behind it what's the story (laughs) now I need to know the way you said that (laughs) you're so funny I love that you went there I'm like wait what's happening because I gave you the look yeah and most people would have been like oh okay and they would have just skipped the question like, (laughs) like what's the story um I was actually on a short contract in LA when I was songwriting. I, you know what? I've never spoken about this openly, but I just will. If you actually can't, like, don't I actually don't it. give a fuck. Okay, so I, I don't give a shit about anything. So. Okay, perfect. You know that. <laughs> um, I reconnected with my high school sweetheart who okay. lived, who had moved to LA and lived in LA. Um, that didn't end well, um, <laughs> but somehow I just ended up here and with my dream job. So I just stuck with it. Wait, so you came out here with a guy? No, I or... came out here on a on a short term. Um, work contracts okay and while I was here he was here, he was here okay. reconnected so then I moved back to London we did long distance for a while so I was kind of in between still like hosting writing doing all of those things but remotely freelance and then when I decided to move back to LA to be with him all hell broke loose wow there was a whole situation and so um he left he had like a work opportunity somewhere else and I just decided to stick with it because I had because I was just in too deep and I ended up getting a job I really was excited about and so I just ended up staying that's actually awesome that's a good story it's a fucked up story like I, I I was never the person who would have moved for a boyfriend like I've known him for so long that it just made sense because it was such long distance to like be with someone mm-hmm. and I was in a transitional phase anyway but I'm like I'm really not that kind of person well I think also moving to LA is very different like if a guy if you're like okay I, there's opportunities for you here too on top of that like yeah it's different than you're like moving to like Iowa but you want to be in the entertainment industry well that was guy, the whole issue you know? he got an opportunity somewhere else where literally I would have had no friends no yeah. life nothing going for me and I wasn't sure like I wasn't his wife so I wasn't really sure if I was ready to let that 
fly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel that. I, I, I feel like I sound like the biggest asshole telling this story, but no, it's that, the truth. I think that makes complete sense. Yeah. Someone asked that the other day. They're like, would you move for a boy? And I was like, I don't like... I don't ever, I honestly don't ever want to It's a broad question. It's a broad question because when I moved to LA, I knew that I could develop myself as a human, as my own person at the same time as being with him and having a good relationship with him. But you have to make sure that there's something in it for you as well and that with or without them, you'll be fine, especially if you're not married to this person. Exactly. It's a different story when you're married. I'm a bit old school like that. But literally where he was moving, it would have just been me just giving up everything for this person who wasn't my husband and I didn't think it was appropriate. It would be totally different if you're married. That's what I said. I'm like, if I was married, yes. If I was seriously going to, like, if I knew I was going to marry them or I was married, it would be different. But, like, if I'm just dating them, no. Exactly. Like, it's not enough of a commitment to just let everything, just drop everything for that person. Yeah. That's what I think. You may disagree. But, like, I Love me, hate me, sue me, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. We were talking about this yesterday about how, like, guys here it's just dating here is so it's just so weird like everyone here is just it's just weird like it's a very weird weird space like there's the a guys of, the dating world yeah the most fucked up concept i've like it's actually bad like i'm really grateful i say this but then i'm like oh, i'm really like do you have a boyfriend no okay. i i say this in a <laughs> no 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 i say this in a very like uh, kind of thing because I'm like it's really nice because I have like a whole separate world outside of all this with like school and my program and whatever and yeah. I have like a lot of friends who are just like normal students mm-hmm. and like it's nice because like it, it, but then again I'm like I don't need to be dating any of them you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's like you know what I'm, I don't know it's kind of like you have your own little fun bubble outside of the real world yeah. because the real world is ugly yep. that's what it is and I'm here to prove it um <laughs> I'm here to let you know I'm here to let you know. Oh my gosh, can I be American? Um, I re- I actually really want to try and be American, but no, um, it's not. It's never gonna work. Yeah, I just the dating world here is very, very, very odd. It's just weird. But I don't know, especially because I've lived in London for so many years. The boys in London, even though they're still fuck boys, I feel like they treat women better. Like they're still gentlemen, even yeah. though that, even though behind that is just like fuckboy.com. So it's better in London. Yeah, I just feel like they know how to treat women. Like, I've been on so many awkward dates here where people literally have no fucking clue. Yeah. That's... Okay, that is something... I was on the phone with a friend on the way to class this morning, and we were talking about, like, friends and, like, a situation and whatever. Yeah. And we were like, the thing that's weird about here and just the people we're around is that people genuinely just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, they don't know... It's not even all the time that they're trying to be horrible. They just really truly... They're clueless. They're clueless. Like, yeah. I've never met people who know less about how to handle situations or relationships yeah. than some of the people I've met here. And, or like, like, excuse us for generalizing, but hello. Like, it's, it's the truth. It's crazy. And, like, yeah. there's also amazing people. And, like, I have friends who have amazing boyfriends and amazing girlfriends and whatever. And but they're, they're not awesome. from here. They didn't meet them here. No, I have a few that met here. Who are they? But they like, I need to meet these my, people. They met, like, in my program and stuff like that. So it's, like, right. very... It's, like, a separate world. Right. It's just, like... I don't know. I feel like... Also, I don't know. It's just, like... It's such a weird... I'm not generalizing. Space. Like, trust me when I say I've lived in London. I've lived in Paris. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Switzerland. I've lived in Nottingham, which is, like, a different city in the UK. And I have never in my, like, entire existence lived in a place where people are so fucking clueless about dating. Yeah. Clueless. Why do you think that is? Get your shit together. What? Why do you think that is? Honestly, I... 
I'm, I'm, I'm put on the spot there. I have to think about it. Um, I, I, lack of manners, which yeah. I'm not trying to be like all fancy and like I'm not, but just like basic, like don't ask me to Netflix and chill at my house. Yeah. Like even if you don't want to like get me a dinner, I don't know, get a bottle of champagne, go on, like get, go, let's go on your rooftop. I don't give a fuck. Don't ask me to Netflix and chill at my house. It ain't happening. Yeah. People, they're just, I think people are just kind of like weirdly forward, but not like they're, okay, people are extremely forward, but they're like also the opposite of forward. I think also all the guys in LA think, think we're down to fuck. Yeah. Which I'm not. I think they're actually just insane. But (laughs) like really, okay, of all the cities that you've lived in though, like which one is your favorite? Um... It's really hard to say because I've lived in so many cities. Yeah, it's about the happen? people. Like, when did you live where? Like how that happened? Ugh, it's also my fucked up like professional, yeah. you know, resume. Um, I lived in, I grew up in Switzerland. Okay. I went to school in Switzerland, but I'm from like an English family. And then I studied in the UK because that's where I'm from. And like the schools are really good there and stuff. And then I ended up moving to Paris on a job contract again for two years. And then from Paris, I moved to New York on a record contract, which then ended. And then I moved back. And then I moved to LA on a new contract. It was just, it was just work. Cool. Yeah. It was always for work. Did you like New York? Really? I hated New York. It's a great place for like a a couple of days, but living there I thought was very, very difficult. Yeah, that's what I, I feel like I want to go for like three weeks, but that's it. Have you been? Yeah, I mean, I've been a billion times. I feel like I just, yeah, I do like it. I definitely like New York and it really puts me in a really good mood. Like I feel like very inspired when I'm there, but like I'm only there for like four days tops. You know, Uh like I never, I think the longest I've gone is like probably a week. Living there is brutal. Yeah, I feel like living there would be very, very. And I was hard. already, I, I already had thick skin. Like I had lived in London. Like I'm from the mountains, like from Switzerland, so I'm used to the cold. But the combination, like of the cold, the harsh people, like it's all dirty. People aren't very nice. They're not pleasant to be around. I just felt, and I'm essentially from like a, a small town, so I just felt very overwhelmed by it. Yeah, I feel like it's just, I don't know. I would want to do it for like a little, a short period of time, but yeah. I wouldn't. Like if I like booked something and I had to be there for like two months, that would be pretty ideal. That's good, yeah. Because that's nice and I'm like, oh, I, I'm there for a reason and whatever. Like I would love that, yeah. but I would like keep a place in LA. Like I would not leave LA. Well, not seeing the light at the end of the disgusting New York tunnel yeah. is is when it becomes difficult. Yeah. I, I sound so bad, but, but, but. It no. wasn't for me. Yeah, I think a that's lot of fine. people love it. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we have a few minutes left. Okay, um, I have an article from the Cooper Review. I'm completely copying you because yesterday we did love an it. article based podcast. But um, we're gonna do it's like 20s versus 30s. I'm 21. How old are you? Come on. I hate you, but I say it all the time. I'm 30. Yeah, I, I just turned 30. Tough pill to swallow. Okay. Enjoy your 20s. We literally had a whole conversation yesterday about how your 30s are actually great and that you like getting older. I know, but I feel like when I say it, especially when I'm in a room with a, tw- a 20 year old, 21 year old, I feel like you look at me like a fucking grandma. No, I don't. I said this. I want to be 30. I'm like, I feel like my 30s, I'm going to love my 30s way more than my 20s. 20s are like, you don't know what you're doing. And I feel like you always don't know what you're doing to an extent. But at least at that point, like, 
you're more comfortable in the fact that you don't know what you're I doing. feel like you're going to have great 20s because you're very mature and you already know what's up. You're going to really enjoy your 20s, I feel like. I hope. Yeah. I hope. I really hope. Okay. So savings. 20s says I'll start saving when I have more money. 30s says I'll start saving when I have... Wait. Oh, 30s says I'll start saving when I have even more money. I've already saved. Yeah, I feel like I want to be the person that saves. I, the beginning of this year, was like, I need my finances in check and I need to be, like, really smart with them. Yeah. And I need to stop being an idiot, you know? Yeah, I started working so young that I started saving very, like pretty soon and then I invested I like I've, I was smart with my money and now mm-hmm. I'm just stupid with it in my 30s okay see this inspires me yeah because then I'll do that and then I'll be stupid with it in my 30s exactly this will be great just do the hard work now yeah there's this like stupid quote but it's like live like no one else is living now so you can live like no one else is living later or whatever and it's like the idea of like I cannot tell you the amount of my friends who make so much money but are so stupid dumb. Yeah. like I'm like, oh my God. And it's not even, it really isn't even the fact of like, everyone's like, oh, it's YouTube money. Like, you don't know where it's going, whatever. It's really not that. Cause I'm like, typically if you're making a lot of money on something and you're smart, you're going to figure out how to make a lot of money somewhere else as 100%. well and add on to that. That's but I also issue. think the older you get, the more you'll spend. So yeah. you want to be saving in your twenties and then spend later on. Exactly. I'm like, I want to own a house. Like, yeah. um, okay. Oh, financial advisor, twenties. It's I'm your mother and I'm telling you you're broke. <laughs> and then thirties. Your financial app says you're broke. Ugh, my apps always remind me of any debt, any subscription, any like. What apps are they? Like, I just use a. I, well, I have the Chase app, like okay, my yeah. banking, because my bank is Chase. Hello, Chase. <laughs> um, I hate you guys. <laughs> um, I use Chase, and then I have. Um, well, you use Venmo. Yeah. Um, I use Clarity Money. So it's like your credit score and then it tells you where you could be spending less. Like it basically helps you manage your finances in a really smart way. So it tells me all of my subscriptions, like Spotify, Netflix, like things that are reoccurring. And it really just helps you keep on top of shit. It's really good. Okay. I'm going to download that after this. Yeah. Okay. Budget. 20s. It says... Taxes. Taxes. This one's real. Okay, but I'm the 30. I'm in the 30s right now for this one because with what, like, we don't get money taken out of our paycheck. So, like, people who are like younger or whatever and they're working at like Sweet Green or Nordstrom or whatever, like, they get your taxes taken out. Yeah. Like, with what I do, like, I don't get my taxes taken out. So I have to pay, right? That's very unusual for this age. Anyways, 20s, it's like the IRS owes you $500, which, guys, I'm not kidding. This, like, the whole spring semester, everyone's talking about their tax return, how excited they are for this check, whatever. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm dreading it. I owe so much money. But 30s, it says you owe the IRS $5,000. Literally. Story of my life. It's horrible. I started painting quarterly last year though. Yeah. Because I was trying to be smarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like the stress of my life. And also when I moved to America, I didn't even know that I had to file for tax. Like no one told me. Like I got a visa, I got all the stuff and no one was like, you know, Deanna, you should really get an accountant. So then I had to do it all last minute. It was such a stress, but now I've become a pro. It's fine. Dang. Yeah. I don't know. How would you even... Like, nobody tells you anything. Yeah. No, taxes suck so bad. I know. Like they're actually the worst thing ever like it's just it's there's so nothing. stressful it's so stressful anyways this is a great episode thank you for coming on thank you so much for having me i had so much fun you asked me such great questions you should be a host thank you i i know i'm thinking about it i i really want to i think it's, it'd be perfect for you i know really you'd be should. perfect for it Ooh, thanks um where can they find you um you can find me on instagram at diana espier it's d-i-a-n-a-e-s-p-i-r and then you can subscribe to the you can't sit with me podcast on itunes spotify everywhere and thank you for listening this is so fun thank you for coming
All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, let me know by leaving a review, rating, join our secret Facebook page, follow the Instagram, all that stuff. I will have Deanna's episode, her podcast, and the episode I was on in the show notes. So go check that out. Love you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next week.